Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Welcome to the Netflix and Swill podcast, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I'm Caleb. Uh, and I have a bone to pick with a B. And I uh, won't just kill the B, despite having many opportunities to do so. But then when I do try to kill it, uh, I burn down the house. Or kill the dog. Or kill the dog. Uh, I, I give the dog peanut butter despite its severe nut allergy and it poops everywhere and then I almost kill the dog in in my homemade fucking makeshift gas chamber uh, and then I fucking uh, make a bomb that launches uh, some flying debris and crushes the dog. Yeah, uh, but the dog's alive at the end too, so it doesn't really matter. The dog is always fine. They they don't kill the dog for comedic effect. Yeah. But they they definitely fuck the dog up. Uh I would have been real bummed if Man vs. B was a uh, a show about Mr. Bean killing a dog. That's very true. Uh but with all that out of the way, how are you doing? Uh I'm doing okay. I just finished my first full month at the the new job uh hooray me i'm learning a lot mm-hmm. uh you know breaking eggs and having to learn how to turn them into an omelet so that's all going well and then uh i i caught uh i think i mentioned it a while back, but now I have more information. I caught an employee stealing, so I get to fire my first employee tomorrow morning. Nice. And also I have a customer who's refusing to pay us, so I get to put a lien on his house tomorrow. Nice. I'm very excited. I'm so uh, proud wonder, of you. I wonder who else's day <laughs> I get to exciting ruin. Exciting people are getting fired and, and having liens put on their house. <laughs> exciting isn't how I isn't the word I used to describe it. And now all I can think about is uh whenever Dave Chappelle was talking about the the woman who said that she was transracial and wanted to be black. And he was like, Are you really black though? <laughs> Are you willing to put a lien on your house to fund a mixtape that's probably not going to work out? <laughs> and uh, apparently this guy is, so. Rachel Dolezal. It's been a while since I thought about that woman. <laughs> uh, say what you will about Chappelle, but like that that bit was pretty hilarious. He's funny when he tells jokes. Uh, he not is funny, funny when he tells when jokes. Just existing well that's the thing too is like he'll he'll stop and like he does it a lot in those specials but like he'll just stop telling jokes and like be talking about like his opinions on history or politics or whatever for like 20 minutes but then he'll just like 
slip out a punchline to something he set up like a half hour before. And then it's like right back to jokes. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's weird. It's a very interesting style. I will say yeah. that. I'll give him credit for that. And, uh, you know, it's fine for people who like it. And if you don't, then it's fine, too. I don't know. It's all fine. Like what you like. Like what, uh, Don't like what you don't like. Sorry to bring it back up. I just, I don't know. That made me think of it. Uh, that was always allowed. What else? What else is going on? Uh, we're recording a bit later than we usually do because uh, Nick of Livestream for the Cure and Nikolai's Kitchen uh, came to visit me today because uh, we live close to each other now. And uh, That's let's true. See, I, got, I got up this morning. I had breakfast at the hotel, um, which like I usually don't eat breakfast at all, but I was... I was all amped up because like the hotel I'm at actually has like pretty good stuff for breakfast. So I did that, went and did my laundry, uh, watched Man vs. B on my phone because I uh, downloaded it all to watch at the laundromat because uh, I have to go to the laundromat. As Martin Scorsese uh, wishes you, you do. Yeah. I don't know. It's fine. I, I actually watched most of it on my phone. So I did that. I got back. He arrived shortly after. Uh, we went and had lunch. And I I was like, man, I just ate like a little bit ago. Like I ordered too much food because I got like a soup, a sandwich and fries. So like I ended yeah. up eating most of that. And I was like, I'm very full. Uh, so let's go like to the lakefront and hang out for a bit. And I was like, oh, they have an ice cream shop right at the lakefront and it's summer. I'm going to get, you know, some soft serve uh, and ate that. And I was like, man, I didn't need to do that because I was really full. And now I'm uh, even more full. So let's let's walk for a while. So like we walked up and down the lakefront for a bit and I was like, yeah, I'm ready to, you know, do something else. Uh, So then we went to a winery and you know, drank wine and I was like, yeah, this isn't, this isn't bad, but I'm also very full. Uh, so let's, you know, go back to the hotel for a bit and like hung out, shot the shit, listened to some podcasts. Um, and then we are like, yeah, let's go, uh, let's go grab dinner. So we went and had dinner and, uh, took like two or three bites of my meal. And I was like, Oh my god, I can't eat this. I've I've been consuming <laughs> things all day. Uh I have to take this to go. <laughs> so I watched him eat a good meal because uh he wasn't a complete glutton today. Uh that's true. Well, I'm proud so. of you for embracing your inner glutton during these trying times. Yeah. That was the thing. I was like, I don't I can't tell if I'm like just enjoying myself for a day or if I'm like stress eating because of other things. But I think it's just because I woke up and chose to treat myself. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. So it's nice, um, which I guess brings us to what's your swill. Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans. Stay away from 
so as as part of uh, today's festivities, uh, like I said, we went to uh, a local uh, winery up here, like right on the shore of Seneca Lake. Yep. After Nick got his steamed ham for lunch, uh, which is what we call hamburgers, because it's a regional dialect of upstate New York. That's true. And so I had uh, we did like. Uh, like a, a tasting of like a few different things. Uh, and I settled on. Uh, I think exactly the same thing I had last time I was there, which was uh, a 2019 dry Riesling, which which was quite good. A couple of the wines that they had were. Kind of meh. But uh, R- Rieslings in this region are actually very good, like the. The grapes they use for that are are quite good. Okay. Uh, with dinner, I had a, a draft beer from Abandoned Brewing Company, which is uh, trying to figure out if it's. Yeah, they're local too. Oh, they're in Penyan, a little bit south of where I'm at. Um, which uh, I've I've had it before. They they serve it at like this one local place that I go to. So. Uh, so that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, it was like their, I think their porter that I had. Uh, and then I was so full and couldn't consume anything else. So now currently I am having water, uh, to try to like push <laughs> some of this shit through my system. Right. Uh, which is my long winded way of saying that, uh, had a very a very intense day uh gastrointestinally speaking well okay then uh i'm I'm sorry to hear that but uh i'm glad you had some good booze i think yeah yeah no i uh had a lot of good good beer good wine uh good food good times great oldies Uh, that's, that's true. Uh, well, as for me, I'm drinking water. So, you know, it's gonna be a fun episode. Dan's drinking water. Man, I at least have a reason. What are you on? Like, it's not like a holiday or something, is it? It's like fucking, I don't know. No, no, just not drinking any water or just not drinking anything. That's not water, I guess. I mean, I, I've been pounding all of my fucking Mountain Dews. I'm almost done with them. I have like two, three cans left. Uh, I bought them all last Saturday. That's fucking horrendous. And like, you're you're going to die. Your liver is going to be nothing but a pile of mush dripping out of ears. Good. Just, just let me go. It's fine. I I'm fairly positive that I've told you about it before, but. Uh, do you need me to tell you the story again of uh, the court case that PepsiCo won because they proved that uh, a rat would not survive on a store shelf inside a can of Mountain Dew, that it would be uh, completely emulsified into a pile of pink sludge by the time it got to a store? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I know all about that and I don't care. All I want is to uh, enjoy my artificial flavors and then uh, <laughs> die eventually. That's true. You only go around once, so 
if Mountain Dew's your jam, then, uh, you know, fuck it. Uh, your tombstone will say you died doing what you loved. Uh, being a piece of shit. Being all hopped up on Mountain Dew. How much you selling that weed for, old man? Alright, uh, let's get into some news before we completely, like, lose ourselves in the weeds. Oh, shit, it's mail time. Alright, uh, so this comes from Variety. Uh, 300 positions are being cut at Netflix or were cut uh, in a second wave of layoffs at Netflix. So, a few weeks ago, um, like, Netflix's uh, global workforce is approximately 11,000 people. Um, so they made a round of, uh, staff reductions in May, uh, about 150 employees and, uh, various contractors and part-time workers. Uh, so now they dumped like 300 more, uh, and a bunch of interns and stuff. So, uh, yes, uh, this was in theory twice as much as was expected uh what was expected was another 150 to be laid off mm-hmm. uh so needless to say it was a bit of shock to see 300 but um again they have 11,000 employees this isn't right. even like this this is still nothing yeah i mean it's it's significant but it's not like you know they're grinding to a halt or anything but like we are you know, whether we, we want to admit it or not, we're coming into a recession. Um, choices have to be made mm-hmm. like they're in like the streaming sector in general is slowing down. And, uh, you know, they're just kind of shoring up. And I don't I don't think like everybody's freaking out that like this is the the end of the world or whatever, because like Netflix can't do anything right now. But like. I think this is just kind of them, you know, trying to control costs and, you know, just kind of cutting some unnecessary positions like this is the thing that companies do. But yeah, I don't I don't think this is anything to freak out about. So don't tell it to the Internet. The Internet believes that uh, this is karma for Netflix raising prices and such because, you know, Laying off employees always means that there's there's problems at home. And yes, there are some problems with Netflix, but I mean, people are just being like, this is why this company's dying, blah, blah, blah. So let's let's do some quick math. Uh, they laid off 300 people. What even is like median household income in the United States? Uh, Probably about four. 30,000. Yeah. Which I'm I'm assuming that Netflix employees are paid significantly better than that. So let's say uh 60,000 roughly per employee. Uh which comes in at a total yearly savings of uh 18 million dollars. So how many subscribers does Netflix currently have? Uh, so real quick update. Uh, it, it's about 67,000 was median household income for 2020. Okay. Oh, so current subscribers is like 220 million. It's 220 million. Uh, and they cut 18 million from, from spending. So 
uh, if my math is correct, which there's a chance it's not, but like to be as profitable, they would have had to raise monthly rates by like a dollar to maintain the same profitability. So uh, if you're freaking out about them raising prices, uh, don't also freak out about this because. Uh, uh, right. You know. Controlling cost and, you know, offering your your products and services at like market prices are both things that companies want to do in order to be profitable. Uh, and that's coming from me, a businessman. Well, I mean, and that's the thing is people just look at it and just go, oh, well, this this is true, which Netflix is is falling off a bit uh so therefore uh everything they do is because uh it is the reason they're falling off their yeah. content's not very good reason they're falling off they're they're laying off employees reason they're falling off uh fucking ted sarandos gets in a car accident reason they're falling off yeah you know well i mean look at what we saw from the last earnings call like they're they were expecting like subscribership surge during the pandemic because people are at home with nothing to do mm-hmm. um that stopped they were you know hoping and expecting to fucking grow indefinitely uh which can't happen and isn't sustainable so the only way for them to grow the business is to charge more cut costs yes Yes, subscribership is at its saturation point. Uh, I I kind of fundamentally disagree with the idea that businesses have to constantly be growing, but uh, we've talked about that before, and that's a different can of worms. But uh, yeah, and that's only because it's publicly traded. If Netflix was not publicly traded, I don't feel like we'd be talking about this. Yeah. But because they are, we have to talk about it, and therefore. It is what it is. Yeah. I think that uh, there's going to be significant changes to the way Netflix operates over the next year or two. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, whoever the non-co-CEO is, like, because we have co-CEOs, I wonder, I have to wonder if their job is safe. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. I can't remember if it's Reed Hastings or Ted Sarandos. Technically, they're employees, too. That's true. And they make the most money. Mm-hmm. I don't think Netflix is really doing anything that, like, I haven't seen every other business doing over the last year or two. Yep, that's true. Uh, apparently, according to, I believe it was Reed Hastings, they're going to scale back up in terms of employee numbers. So what this actually tells me, uh, they're going to go... F- they're going to go from, I think they said they're now around 10,000. So they're going to go from 10,000 to uh, 11, 11 and a half. So what that means is they're basically, if you combine stories, if you remember from a few weeks ago when we talked about them adding more junior level employees, they're just going to mm-hmm. take out like all these overpriced people that basically had like redundant jobs or just like weren't worth the money for the job they were doing and replace them with junior level people who make less yeah 
and that's what should be happening anyway. Like whenever Netflix was growing and becoming what it is, like they hired everybody, like the the best talent available. Everybody was like, you know, like the corporate structure was very flat. We've talked about this before, too, but like basically everybody was like, you know, all star dream team member. But like as as the business model and like the the day to day operations became established, like they don't need. You know, a guy with a master's degree. Like. Typing in fucking like data entry for like user accounts and shit like that can be, you know, uh, a low level employee like they're rebuilding their corporate structure to. You know, have a range of like job levels. uh, Which is good. Uh, Yes, it's very good. It's what they should have been doing the whole time, but uh, they had money to burn, and and now they realize that they don't have money to burn anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, like potentially, that opens up the possibility that like somebody as a fresh college graduate begins their career at Netflix and works there and climbs the ranks and ends up retiring from there. Like, you know what I mean? Like it gives you long-term career growth. You don't have to already be established in your career to begin working at Netflix. I don't know if that'll happen. I don't know if Netflix will exist 20 years from now, but right. That's uh that's very true. I don't know. Um again, we talked about this enough. I just feel like a lot of people see, "Oh, Bad Netflix story. Uh, bad Netflix story means bad Netflix management, and it's that's not always the case. Sometimes when they yeah. do things, it's because it makes them uh, better. Yeah, it's like I don't know. This is kind of like how, like when people are like, "Oh, this politician or whatever changed their opinion. Like they're inconsistent. You can't trust them." Let's well, like, no dumbass. Like new information has been presented like you would be an idiot to not change your opinion like in light of new information you know what i mean like i don't know same kind of shit it's annoying sure i mean unless you i don't know say go in front of a senate committee and say i believe that this uh current uh case is uh established in the u.s constitution and should not be touched and then you know several months later come out and say oh we're we're changing it we're changing the interpretation of this case because we don't feel like it uh buttresses with the uh u.s constitution i don't know that's something i don't want to get into here (laughs) because i've been fucking livid and like writing my fucking the script of my ted talk in the fucking discord I've seen it. Yeah. I don't know. I was half expecting to like write that massive wall of text and then uh, for you or somebody to just reply. Okay. Uh, And I would have hit the (laughs) fucking roof. Uh, I thought about it. (laughs) Seems like something you'd do. All right. Well, I believe that brings us over to downstream. 
Baby, I can't control the internet. That's my favorite line! Uh, it does. I hope you're ready. These, these are uh, fantastic trailers. Uh, that's true. Uh, so our first fantastic trailer is for Loving Adults. Uh, this is German. I, I know because I have uh, a small amount of understanding of the language. And I was like, ah, German. How interesting. Uh, what happens to a marriage when you, the love of your life becomes your worst enemy? Loving Adults is a dark, twisted, yet sexy take on the love triangle that you don't want to be in. Coming to Netflix in 2022. Dan, what did you think? So this is one of those that could be good, uh, but because like it's, you know, uh, a husband and wife and, you know, uh, oh, he's getting late night texts. Does he have a lover? Uh, he does. Spoiler alert for the trailer. He does. And yeah. so it's just like, you know. A cat and mouse shit game thing about, about like how how horrible can a man be to his wife before she finally is like I'm going to murder you. Well, uh, maybe <laughs> I don't know if this is victim blaming, but the the wife seems like she's a very unpleasant person. So you know, maybe there's there's good people on both sides. Although, if you ever want to cheat on somebody, like, just break up with them. That's true. Um, yeah. But yeah, like, it, it, it could be okay. It could be an, an okay show. But uh, ultimately, I just think, uh, no. Uh, instead, just watch uh, 365 Days This Day. And then it's sequel in August, 365 Days, the next 365 Days. Yeah. What is it? Uh, 730 days should have been the sequel. Uh, something like that. Unless it was a leap year, then it would be 731. Quick maths. Quick maths. Uh, all right. Our next trailer is for The Longest Night. When everything that matters is at risk, your values disappear, and even your worst enemy can become your best ally. Chaos, action, and mystery will seize the prison of Monte Baruca on July 8th. Uh, armed men surround a psychiatric prison and cut off all communications. Their purpose to capture a serial killer, Simone Lago, with six episodes, one night. Is this... Spanish, or Italian, or... Do I not know languages? Uh, the police car said policia. Eh, same thing. It's the same language. And don't let anyone tell you differently. I mean, they, they seem quite similar to me, a person who speaks neither. Uh, that's true. Uh, this reminds me a lot of, uh, like, Brawl and Cell Block 99, or, um... What's another? Like, another fan... Like, another Prison Break-ish type movie, or, or yeah. something like that. I fucking... I fucking love Brawl and Cell Block 99. Uh, haven't seen it, but I'm aware of the general concept of it. Mm -hmm. It's like a reverse prison break movie where he has to try to get deeper and deeper into like more like high security parts of the prison to try to kill like a gang member. Uh, it's good. It's a good movie. I have it on Blu-ray. There you go. Uh, 
It's also the movie that reminded me that Vince Vaughn is like six foot five and just like a giant truck of a human being. Yeah, uh, it's he, he went from being like douchebag sort of leading man slash uh, sidekick material to uh, whatever he is in that movie. And then also in um, the fuck's that movie called? Uh, the Andrew Garfield one where he's Desmond Desmond Doss, the uh conscientious yeah, objector. Um, holy shit! What was that called? It's Mel Gibson. Uh, it has some of the worst CGI I've ever seen in a movie when the ships shoot the fucking artillery shells. I'm trying to remember this without looking it up. Hacksaw Ridge. That's it. I was like, it's the name of a place and a tool. <laughs> uh, that is true it's like ha- hammer gulch that's nothing so uh yeah uh again uh, could be good who knows might check it out who knows so our last trailer uh-huh uh in your constant efforts to troll me with this segment and Correct. you always put them last yep. because uh you're a uh, wonderful person. Uh-huh. Uh, it's the trailer for How to Build a Sex Room. Uh, this is uh, a home improvement show, <laughs> like like extreme home makeovers, or like, I guess, extreme restraints home makeovers. Yes. <laughs> Which uh, is a very good joke, and I stand by it. Couples looking for more spice in the bedroom hire luxury interior designer Melanie Rose to create stylish spaces where they can carry out any fantasy they wish. You've seen kitchen renovations, you've seen bathroom transformations, but you've never seen anything quite like this. How to Build a Sex Room premiere July 8th, only on Netflix. Man, they need to proofread these. They just need to proofread them, man. (sighs) From a rock and roll sex dungeon to a next level spa space, designer Melanie Rose dreams up erotic renovations for couples in this racy reality series. Uh, Also, she creates a toxic work environment because she has a contractor working for her and she makes him test out the restraint system on the bed. And it's like, you're... You're doing, like, fun, kinky sex rooms, but, you know, maintain an air of professionalism. Uh, sure. Uh, so my goal is to get my wife to watch this, yes? I mean, that that is the, the goal. I, I showed Ashley the trailer for it in hopes to get her to watch it, and then that <laughs> way we can do hmm. supplemental content known as, uh, the, the... Uh, significant other episode of Netflix yeah. and Swill where it's Ashley and Vanessa talking about stupid shit they watched. <laughs> uh, we'll call it uh, Wide Ons, uh, starring Ashley and Vanessa. Uh, I don't know if I understand that joke. Uh, a Wide On is like the female version of a, ha- a Hard On. Oh. Cause, oh. You know, <laughs> it's nothing. The vagina doesn't like become wide when they're aroused i don't think i don't know how women work that's why i don't make laws about their bodies (sighs) ah that's true (laughs) because i have a dick therefore i have nothing to say about uh what a woman should be able to do with her body uh, except, uh, except for the phrase, I don't care what they do with their body. It doesn't affect me in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. 
I'm going to have to set a reminder for uh, six months from now to check how much, like, teen suicide rate has gone up in Texas as a result of this. And that's the last thing I'm going to say about it. Well, okay, then. I was always allowed. So if you uh, are in a state that doesn't have access to abortion care now, uh, maybe don't build a sex room. Uh, unless you're, you know, unless you really want to, you can, if you unless want to, you're fu- unless you're, you know, using contraception and are financially capable of raising a child and want to, especially if you want to, everything really sucks, huh? I mean, not for, uh, the, the greatest protected class in America. Yeah. Old, wealthy white men. Oh, no, uh, I was just going to say straight white men. Uh, yeah. Boy, is there nothing better than that. Uh, I, I am so happy that I hit the genetic lottery. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not old or rich enough to be part of the club. Uh, not yet. We'll get there. He's got to wait for, for them to die. <sighs> Eat the rich. All right, did you have any quick hits? Uh, I did not. I just kind of chilled this week. I don't know. I was, like I said, I, I downloaded Man vs. B on my phone to watch while I was doing laundry. Um, and accidentally, because I forgot, like, I had downloaded Diana the Musical to watch while I was at work, because I had to work the day we were doing that for live stream. So, yeah. uh... I was trying to de- frantically trying to delete it and accidentally like tapped on it and it started playing and I was like no 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 stop not not again and uh so now that that is uh actually logged in my viewing activity for this week so that's nice I mean you could remove it uh but yeah that's yeah. that's funny that's it's yeah, all it's improvised funny. it's very funny and then uh I was trying to watch uh, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Stone Ocean again, uh, but fell asleep. So basically nothing. Yeah. Uh, we're all patiently waiting for the next, the next release of those episodes. Uh, yeah. In like a year. Uh, that's, that's just fantastic that they were just like, yeah, f- oh, fuck these fans. We're just released whenever the fuck yeah. we want. They're doing them in three batches of 12 episodes over the course of a year and a half which is like actual ass cancer i know <laughs> but i mean like if they put I out fucking hate it so much but i mean if they put them out as they were you know like you know let's pretend like every 12 weeks they're putting out a new block of episodes that would at least be like okay sure yeah, yeah, you got people coming in. Uh, they 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 binge the show, and then they wait twelve weeks for the next one. Uh, that show has been out for over twelve weeks, and we're still waiting on the next batch. Yeah, just don't release anything until it's ready, or just release them weekly. I don't get it, because it's not like. There's, like, a six-plus-month interval. Like, you're not holding subscribers there waiting for it. No, and they hate you. 
and they they tell everyone online they <laughs> hate they you. They hate you. Fucking, I don't know. Anytime, anytime there's something Stone Ocean related, uh, the fucking JoJo subreddit fucking explodes. Which, of course, I'm talking about r slash shitpost crusaders, which is uh, the only JoJo subreddit worth going to. Well, yeah, shitposting. Yeah. So you all, you always go to the shit posters. They're the best. <sighs> all right. Uh, let's take a fucking break. And when we come back, we'll talk about uh, the fucking greatest thing in the history of uh, TV and cinema. Uh, it's the Man vs. Bee movie. The Netflix and Swole podcast is brought to you by our patrons. Gerald Morris, Bill Sutton, Nick Haskins, Ashley the Bubby Gorski, Ben Kiefer, Paul Prezula, Daniel Henderson, Julio Oliveira, Jimmy De La Rosa, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, Nate Wade, Alan Gallarisi, Duty Dutram, Casey Moore, The Nerd Revert, and Dan's Mom. If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at netflixandswill.com slash Patreon. Buy some shit. Visit netflixandswill.com slash merch. Leave a review and tell me how good I'm getting at public speaking. Visit netflixandswill.com slash Apple Podcasts. Thanks for letting us live our dreams of being professional idiots. We now return you to your regularly scheduled banter. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it's time to get into our main review topic for the week. Man vs. B. All right, Man vs. B is a brand new uh, limited comedy series. Uh, it's a 7.1 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, a man finds himself at war with a bee while house-sitting a luxurious mansion. Who will win, and what irreparable damage will be done in the process? Uh, this is created by Rowan Atkinson and Will Davies. Written by Will Davies, stars Rowan Atkinson, uh, along with a supporting cast of people that uh, no one cares about, and a dog named Cupcake, and a bee, uh, who uh, is entirely CGI. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's Mr. Bean being uncomfortable and trying to kill a bee. Uh, the, the comparison that I made to the movie Mouse Hunt is actually pretty accurate. Uh, cause he just fucking destroys everything. Cause he can't just like let this bee go about its life. Uh, despite the bee kind of being like the most sympathetic character <laughs> in the fucking thing. True. It's just trying to live. Yeah. And it's also like he finds out it's. It's a solitary bee because, like, it was cast out from the hive and stuff. So, like, it's just trying to be a bee. Hmm? Uh, what did you think of Man vs. Bee? Uh, this genre of show is not for me. Uh, I, <laughs> I don't think I laughed one time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, absurdist physical comedy doesn't work for me, unfortunately, uh, or at least not in this setting. So, yeah, 
fortunately, this was like two hours, so my suffering wasn't that that bad. But yeah, I uh, n- no, I uh, no. <laughs> I, I'm sorry to ruin you and uh, Christiani <sighs> on this, uh, who apparently uh, loves the show. But yeah, no, it this <laughs> it, no, <laughs> no. Oh fuck! The rest of this episode's gonna be real awkward. Because you loved it, and that's fine. You were always allowed to love it. (laughs) This is one of the fucking greatest things I've ever seen in my life. Oh, I cherish this show. It is so good. Sure. It's so good. Uh, It's just, it's just just stupid, and just stupid, and everything that happens in it is, you know, nonsense. Uh, That's true. It's just like, the guy... It's Rowan Atkinson. If you've ever seen him do a thing, like mm-hmm. you know what you know what you're in for, I guess. But like, uh, no, none of the things that happened to him should have happened. Like he's just kind of a bumbling buffoon, and the worst possible thing that could happen to him is exactly what happens every time, uh, including like. Being locked out of the house, uh, like setting the house on fire mm-hmm. almost accidentally, uh, falling in dog poop. Uh, yeah, that's th- that right there is the was worst part. Exactly where it lost me forever. I was just like, eh, I, I, like you can see, like everything gets set up, and you're just like, yep, I know what's about to happen here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, like, and that's fine. Like that's what a lot of physical comedy is like. Oh, I see the the pieces for. I see the Rube Goldberg machine setting itself up to watch this man get hurt himself. And and that's the thing is just like, uh, simple little things that add up to create ridiculously elaborate scenarios. And like, that's I guess where this really thrives is just because like. The set, like, the set and how the house operates is established in such a way that, like, it leads into the physical comedy later. So, like, it's a a very, like, high-tech, modern, smart home type thing that he's house-sitting. So there's, like, a manual for how the house works. Well, he's, you know, trying to make some soup on the stove. Uh, and turns on the wrong burner and sets the manual on fire, so uh, he doesn't know how to operate anything in the house. Yep. So, like, the the uh, like drawers and shit in the kitchen are operated by, like, waving your hand in front of it in a certain way. Uh, so, like, he doesn't know how the fuck to do it because the manual got all burnt up. So, like... He ends up, uh, like, sitting down on the floor in exasperation and scratching the back of his head and the drawer pops open. So, like, for the rest of the series, anytime he has to open one of the drawers, he sits down in front of it and puts his hand behind his head and the drawer pops open. And it's shit like that, but it's, like, they they establish rules and then they, like, do little sight gag allusions to it. And, like, it, like there's nothing really set up that doesn't pay off you know later on down the road uh and it's all fucking stupid and i love it yeah uh, i mean uh 
the the probably the best gag in the the whole show is whenever he's trying to remember the uh, voiceover codes like the the years of battle they gave him and it's like mm-hmm. basically they don't the the couple don't explain anything to him because they're like it's all in the manual or like the guy tries to explain everything but the woman's just like it's all in the manual and then the manual gets destroyed so he knows nothing so that sets up the fact that like he can't do anything in the house because he doesn't have and like he has no information which to do anything so mm-hmm. like that he locks himself out of the one room that they told him to not go into or or like to make sure the dog doesn't go into he locks the dog in there and then uh, he tries doing a voice activation override and fucking pitches up his voice in order to like start shouting out like battle yeah, gears. Yeah, because it was coded to the to the wife's voice. So he's like seventeen fifty two, seventeen fifty three, which was uh that that is like a a very funny bit and uh, intermittently throughout the rest of the episodes. Like anytime it's like he wants to set it to night mode, he goes night mode fifteen. And then he, you know, goes to bed or whatever. Like, stuff like that's like, okay, yeah. But he also uh, face-planted into dog poop. So, Mm -hmm. what are we really doing here? Alright, so I'm gonna exhaustively go through the plot, like, beat for beat. (laughs) Because it just goes, like, off the rails. So, so much, so. if you didn't watch the show, like obviously Dan uh says hard avoid, I say watch it ten thousand times a million years, uh man versus B forever and ever man versus B dot com. Uh, I say if you know what Rowan Atkinson is and you like Rowan Atkinson and what he does, mm. you mm. watch this. Uh if yeah. you don't like Rowan Atkinson and what he does, don't watch this. If you're unsure, it's Two, two and a half hours of your time. And it's like 90 to 100 minutes, I think, uh, altogether. Because yeah. like, the first episode's like 20 minutes, but then the rest are like 10 to 12 minutes. Yeah. It's nine episodes altogether. Also, like, why wasn't this just a movie? True. Uh, it would have just worked better as a movie. It, and mm-hmm. uh, what's um? there's something else I just saw. That's like four episodes. Oh, it's like that new anime series Eden that came out earlier earlier this year. It has four episodes that are twenty five, mm. like under thirty minutes a piece, and it's just like just just make it a movie. Yeah, it's weird. Hey, lay your best Mister Bean impression on me. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen a Mister Bean thing ever. <laughs> I, I don't think he says anything though. So he talks very little. Yeah. But there's one, there's like, I guess it's a, a fucking, because I had to look it up to know what the fuck it was. But like, there's a, there's like a an ad in the UK for like, it was like a flexible spending like debit card. And like the ad is like, it's your flexible friend. So like there's a Mr. Bean bit where he's like sitting on a park bench and there's like a man next to him and he's being Mr. Bean and being very fucking weird. So he has like. Some bread and a thing of butter, but and he's like trying to figure out how to get the butter on the bread. So he pulls this fucking card out of his wallet, and the guy gives him a weird look because he's like scraping the card on the butter and then scraping it on the bread. And the guy looks at him, and Mr. Bean's like, My flexible friend. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Bean's so fucking stupid. Oh, shit.
Rowan Atkinson, you've built an empire on being the fucking weirdest person ever. And from what I understand, he's also, like, actually intelligent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Probably fucking drowning in ass. <laughs> Good for him. For some reason. Uh, what a fucking weird person. Huh. Okay. Apparently he is divorced, so ladies, get on it. <laughs> All right. Uh, Man versus B, chapter one. A couple, Nina and Christian, while uh, going for a vacation, hire a fresh house sitter, Trevor, uh, whom they show their precious belongings and a manual to control their smart mansion, too. Uh, before leaving, they say that the lock and unlock codes are the years of famous naval battles. And in case of any mistake, only Nina's voice can control it. Soon, Trevor finds himself troubled with a bee that accidentally break and accidentally breaks a sculpture. Uh, so basically, like this bee's just flying in front of his face, and he's uh, instantly pissed off and decides this is war. He's immediately inconvenienced by this fucking bee. Yeah, like, like right the fuck away for no reason. Like the, I don't know if like. The bee just has a grudge or thinks it's funny to fuck with him or it's just like trying to get a free meal or what. But the bee just starts fucking with him relentlessly. Like as soon as the fucking like couple leaves. So he's like flailing for the bee. Uh, he knocks a sculpture over. The head breaks off. Uh, so he tries to fix it with just like some shitty glue and does a really bad job because he's Mr. Bean. Uh, he's also, like, you know, figuring out how to control the kitchen cabinets and shit. Uh, and he finds, uh, a can of, uh, ham and pea soup, which is probably the grossest thing I could ever think of. Uh, yes, it is. So, he, he throws the soup in a pan, uh, puts a pan on the stove, and, like, is basically like he has the manual to the house as he's like trying to learn how to do everything and he keeps like moving it from burner to burner while he's like getting his soup ready uh so he like goes to turn the burner on of course turns the one on that's like under the manual uh and then he's like you know trying to stir the soup and he's like getting mad that it's not getting hot uh and then like you know a fire happens so he throws the the manual in the sink. But then, like, so whenever the couple was leaving, he, th like, dropped a basket full of, like, dog squeaky toys. And it's while they were showing him, like, you know, the the special room that has, like, this expensive manuscript in it that, like, the dog absolutely cannot go in this room. Yep. And, like, one of these squeaky toys rolled in front of the door and, like, wedged it open. Uh, so, like, as the fire breaks out, the dog starts freaking out, uh, and I think the dog is chasing the bee at that point, uh, and slams into the door of that room, which was propped open, uh, knocks the squeaky toy away, uh, and becomes locked in the room with the bee, uh, so as, like, a fire is happening, like, ten minutes after the couple leaves, uh, he's trying to get the fucking code in. Uh, to get the dog out of this room as the dog's destroying the room because it's, you know, a dog. It's a dog. 
Like he gets the code wrong three times uh, because, you know, he can't remember it because the manual got all burned up. Uh, he decides to try to <laughs> fucking smash the glass with a hammer. Uh, of course, it's like, you know, ballistic glass, basically. So the hammer bounces off and embeds itself into a priceless work of art that's hanging on the opposite wall. Uh, and then, you know, cue him, like, shrieking in a high-pitched voice to try to do the voice override. Uh, it was it was great. What a, what a strong introduction. Uh, yeah, sure. Rolling, I was literally rolling on the floor laughing my ass off. Raffle Lamau. <laughs> I was R-O-T-F-L-O-L-ing. Uh, so yeah, he managed to do the, the voice override. Um, the dog, like, totally tore apart this, like, priceless book. So his solution is to, like, straighten up and clean the room a bit. Um, he, like, fucking tries to put the pages back in the book that got torn out and ends up just, like, putting them under the carpet. Uh, the painting that, like, the hammer hit, he, like, cuts a section of, like... It looks like, like it's construction The paper. window blinds or something, yeah, like some kind of cloth or paper or something. And he, like, fucking puts spaghetti sauce on it to turn it red, because it's one of those shitty paintings that's, like, colored squares. Uh, so, like, the red part has, like, a a tear in it. Uh, so he, like, makes this thing red with fucking pasta sauce and then, like, tapes it to it, uh, which is stupid. And then, like, we, we get, like, the, the other kind of through line, which is, like, he's doing this job to get money to take his, his daughter uh, for holiday. Uh, and, like, his, his estranged ex-wife... Uh, strongly disapproves because like you know they were supposed to go this week but since he got this job uh, you know because he's kind of a, a dipshit loser correct? Uh, like she has to change up her whole schedule like he finds out that the, the bee is like still taunting him uh, it's like the bee's just like pacing back and forth like, he's trying to go to sleep. The bee's, like, pacing back and forth outside the door. Uh, so he opens the door to try to get it after, like, already setting the alarm and, like, trips the alarm and the fucking cops come. Uh, it, it's just, I don't know, like, zany hijinks. All my homies love zany hijinks. So the police come over and respond to the emergency alarm. They ask, like, oh, are you the resident here? And he's like, no, I don't live here. And the cops like, okay. Do you need to be arrested? He's like, oh, oh, I'm you know house sitter, whatever. Um, but like the bee gets inside his pants, so he's like grabbing his dick and like shimmying around and shit while he's talking to the cops. The cop just thinks that he's like a fucking crazy person. He like <sighs> makes several attempts to capture the bee. Like, he, he, like, puts some peanut butter on a piece of bread, mm -hmm. and, like, the, the bee gets into it. So he's like, ah, I'm gonna trap it in the microwave and, you know, kill it. Uh, so, like, 
he puts peanut butter on the bread, puts it in the microwave, and then has like, you know, he can close it with like the broom handle or whatever. Uh, so like he leaves the peanut butter knife in the dishwasher open. Uh, so the dog runs over and starts licking it after it was established earlier that the dog has a nut allergy and like can't eat anything except its special like hypoallergenic food uh, because this dog lost the genetic lottery. So like he does manage to capture the bee in the microwave. Uh, he's too much of a baby to just like turn the microwave on. So he like pulls the fucking microwave out of the wall. Yep. And takes it outside for some reason. Like an idiot. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, ends up locking himself out. And in the meantime, the dog is, like, shitting everywhere due to its severe nut allergy. Uh, so, like, he's locked out. The only way in the house is, like, uh, you know, the the smart dog door, which, like, automatically opens and closes. Uh, in response to the dog's collar, which has, like, a chip in it. Uh, so he has to get the dog to go out. Uh, it's pooping everywhere. Uh, the dog hates, like, a cat that lives nearby. So, like, he gets the cat to get the dog to run out, grabs the dog's collar, uh, so puts the dog's collar on himself for some reason. Uh... Goes in through the doggy door uh, as he's going through. Um, like, it closes on him because he has the collar on his neck for no apparent reason. Uh, and, like, he gets too far from it, so it closes right. as he's, like, halfway through. So, like, the dog door is, like, trying to eat him. Uh, dogs chase the cat around. Uh, cat runs, like, straight at his his ass uh dog bites him on the ass which causes him to launch himself through the doggy door uh and face plant into uh, a pile of liquid dog poop yep not great hated that yeah uh it gets continual continuously worse like that well i mean that is the low point yes uh but after that like I don't know. A lot of the slapstick stuff, like, worked for me. You know, he's trying to kill the bee. The bee's trying to, you know, not be killed. Do whatever it's trying to do. Not be killed, yeah. I don't know. People try to rob the house. Uh, they end up getting, like, trapped in the room that, like, the dog was in. Because uh, it's, like, it's like a weird panic room in the middle of the house. But, like, <laughs> basically, like, the burglars cut the alarm system from the outside uh, while uh, Mr. Bean is trying to sleep. Uh, and of course, the bee is harassing him. So he comes out and he's like, I know you're in here. I'm going to kill you if I find you. So mm -hmm. like the burglars freak out and like end up locking themselves inside there and the alarm gets set again. So like uh, police come again uh for like the third time cuz he's a fucking crazy person uh and they're like is anyone else in the house he's like no nobody's here uh nah. like the fucking three burglars pratfall into view of the police officer in the background uh so they all get arrested 
more and more destruction happens as Trevor's trying to kill the bee. Uh, many laughs are had. He ends up, like, trapping the bee in a fucking closet. And he has, like, a bunch of aerosol cans to, like, fucking... Like, once again, he baits the bee in with some peanut butter, closes the closet door, and, uh, you know, sprays all these... Like, runs a piece of rubber hose from all these aerosol cans under the door to, like, gas the fucking bee. But, like, the dog got in there, because, like, that's where the dog's food was, and it just, like, stuck its head in there and started eating, because uh, he only fed the dog, like, once. Yep. <laughs> in the rest of the series, so he's also, uh, you know, aside from being a psychotic bee killer, he's a uh, uh, dog abuser, too, uh, just like Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> uh, that's true. So he accidentally gasses the dog, has to take the dog to the vet. The only uh, fucking vehicle that he has available, apparently, is like the guy who owns the house is fucking $2 million fucking Jaguar. Or, sorry, $2 million pound. Because uh, it's, uh, you know, England. Right, uh, $2 million pound Jaguar. Of course, he, he's driving like Mr. Bean uh, with a possibly dying dog in the back and a, a bee tormenting him while he's driving. So he, like, fucks the car all up. Rips like, off the muffler. Drives over the curb and, like, yeah, like, the whole exhaust system just rips away. Yeah, I've done that before. Uh, it's like, as he's speeding around turns and stuff, the dog's in the back just, like, sliding across the seat and, like, hitting into, like, the door on each side and then whimpering. Yeah, that wasn't uh that wasn't great. I don't don't like that. The dog really goes through it. Uh that's another part that I didn't like. I don't know, but the dog turns out fine. Uh I don't know why, but like the vet puts a cone on the dog and uh has like a little bandage around one of its legs. Which, I don't know why that's the response to it. Yeah. Getting gassed with, like, uh, aerosol cans, but yeah. sure. Sure, whatever. It happened. Trevor's mental state continues to deteriorate. Uh, he gets back in, like, the bee, like, he trapped it in the cup holder. Uh, and so he's, like, trying to tear apart the cup holder to get the bee out and kill it. Uh... So which like he has a complete like mental break and like is like tearing the radio out of the car trying to find the bee and like just tears a bunch of shit out of like the console apart and stuff uh ends up finding out the bee is like inside the one door so he takes a fucking grinder and cuts apart part of the fucking body of the car in this like frantic attempt to kill this bee uh and then the bee flies out and he realizes like oh like i didn't get to kill the bee at all and then looks at the car and is like oh no what have i done and it's like you, you fucking cut the car apart you dingus yeah, like you what idiot. the fuck what are you talking about yeah uh i don't know so then he decides to build like a deluxe fucking 
B condo to like get the B to leave the house, but really it's a trap. Uh, because he goes on YouTube and watches a video on how to make a bomb uh, and puts a fucking bomb. <laughs> it's like fertilizer and sugar and like other shit that he puts into like a fucking tin lunchbox and has it wired up to a car battery to explode the bee. You're missing the most important part, which is where we believe, or the, the show has us believing, that uh, he now feels bad for the bee because he looks up bee, and then it's like solitary bee or something like that. Mm -hmm. And he watches it, and it's like, oh, uh, the bee was kicked out of his hive, and therefore has nowhere to go, and it, it's lonely. It's a lonely man, and, you know, it, it has that kind of like sappy music that it's supposed to represent him. It's like, oh, we're the same. Yeah, we're exactly. not so different, you and I. Uh, but of course, like, and that's what I'm getting at. Like, the bee is the most sympathetic character uh, in Trevor's an unhinged psychopath. So he, he ostensibly explodes the bee uh, since, like, burglars were arrested at their house and, like, various other goings on. Uh, the fucking, like, couple comes back. Uh, he explodes the bee house just as, like, the dog comes running out of the house. And, like, this fucking bee condo that he built flies up through the air and just, like, smashes the dog into the fucking ground. Because th this fucking show hates the dog. Yeah... Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of that. Somehow the bee survives, so now, like, with the couple, like, coming up the driveway and seeing, like, you know, the fucking car is destroyed and, like, the house is, like, a fucking bomb went off and stuff. Uh, they come into the house and there's Rowan Atkinson with the fucking uh, flamethrower that, like, early on in the show, the fucking gardener was using to, like kill weeds along the edge of the house he's just like shooting it around the house to try to kill this fucking bee uh and you know just setting the entire house on fire and they're like what the fuck are you doing and he almost like torches them and then he's like oh what are you doing here and then after that obviously he's arrested and uh charged and found guilty with 14 different counts including you know Arson, destruction of property, uh, probably like Grand Theft Auto, a bunch of shit. I don't know. And then, uh, and then he's in prison. Uh, yes, but then we come to find out that uh, the the owner of the house is the uh, the owner of the house did it all for insurance fraud. He hired the guys to rob himself so he could uh, insurance fraud the uh, the insurance company and make more money. Uh, and then go and invest in uh, and insure higher profile items so that way he could do the scheme a fucking again. Yeah. So they, uh, all the works of art in his house were fakes. Uh, he insured them for far more than they were worth and uh, hired the burglars to steal them so that he could collect the insurance money. Uh, Mr. Bean ended up foiling that. Uh, but then destroyed the house anyway, so, like, he was still able to do his thing. While he's in prison, he hears, you know, one of the captured burglars talking about it. Uh, and with the new evidence, is able to 
you know, get him arrested on insurance fraud, and uh, he receives a royal pardon for his uh, service in, in solving the case, and is immediately released from prison. Finally gets to take his, his daughter on uh, the vacation that they were trying to do. Uh, and who who should show up on their vacation but the bee? Uh, so, season two? Uh, I don't think so. It shows him, like, freaking out at the at the very end trying to kill the bee, and he, he was just doing his normal, his same normal antics. I just think, like, the bee's gonna hang out around him. So, like, yeah, I mean, they could if they wanted to, but, uh, it would just be more of the same, which is fine. But, I mean, uh, I think the, the part with mi- that made Mr. Bean uh, the way it was was that it would just focus on different situations for Mr. Bean to fuck up mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, fighting a bee for six seasons in a movie. Yeah. Uh, well, you'll be distressed to know that uh, while promoting the series, uh, director David Kerr left the possibility of a second season open, so. Fantastic. I wish this was called Bean vs. Bee. I just feel like they don't have the rights. I think it's a BBC show, so they just, or or like a, a British television show, so therefore they don't have the rights to it. And so they just had to do, you know, something different. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's... <laughs> I think uh I think Chris Yaney said it best, like uh it's just fucking it it gives you like super fucking anxiety the whole time because it's like Jesus Christ, how can this still be happening? Uh that's true. Although for me it wasn't anxiety so much as uh complete indifference. Yeah. It was just I don't know, it's like uh like this is this is high art like this is uh a study of like a man uh losing his mind like this is this is taxi driver for the modern age like this is what joker should have been uh just a a case study on uh the depths of insanity that the human mind can fall to uh no thank you i would not have liked that joker <laughs> hey, the only thing separating Batman from the Joker or like a normal person from an insane person is just one bad day. Uh that's true. How many times can we make this storyline? Yeah. <sighs> Killing Joke was really good though. Not the movie, I haven't seen that, but you know, the actual uh, comic by Alan Moore. The 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 Killing Joke movie is just the Alan Moore comic, but also it has forty five minutes of Batman fucking uh, Batgirl. Yeah, uh, that's what, I, that's onto what it. I'm saying. Like, I don't know if I don't know if that like I don't know. I think when that whenever the movie came out, it was like reviews were middling for it. So the, the I understand what they were doing because like you know Batgirl like Barbara Gordon is nothing more than um you know just a punching bag for the killing joke like she gets fucking paralyzed during the yeah. the run of it so like 
yeah, they wanted true. to give her something in order to not uh to not just be like a woman that they beat up yeah which i understand and respect to a degree yeah <sighs> i was actually a little bit sad when i thought that the bee was dead after it got uh gassed by aerosol cans I I knew we had more episodes to go, so I knew it wasn't dead. <laughs> but I wished I was. Uh, well, maybe you know the bee's friend could have come back for bee venge. <sighs> no. Ah <laughs> uh, shit. <laughs> Where's Corey when I need somebody to, you know, make puns with? Uh, definitely not watching Man vs. B, I can tell you that. Yeah, this doesn't, doesn't really seem like it'd be his speed. So, what would you rate Man vs. B? Uh, one and a half. Uh, five stars. Uh, of course. Uh, bringing, of course, the average to like three and a half stars, so, you know, general <laughs> recommend from us uh, <laughs> through sheer... Aggravation. Uh, <laughs> I think this might actually be the most split we've ever been on something. Like uh, it's it's partially it's partially true. a meme on my part, but like also it's kind of not bad. <laughs> uh-huh. You have you have to be into this sort of thing. Yes, and, and that's that's why I say if if you like Mr. Bean stuff. You will, or like the Rowan Atkinson stick, uh, outside of, you know, uh, the Scooby-Doo movie, uh, then you will like this. Otherwise, uh, figure out if you like it, and then visit this. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fucking nine episodes. Uh, <laughs> uh, shit. I don't know, but like, honestly, the... The pacing's not bad. Like I said, it's short, and like each one kind of ends on like a stinger of like the next zany thing. Hey, get it, stinger B. Hey yo. Although it's a bumblebee, which they don't have stingers. I will say I do kind of. I think, and I might have said this when we were talking about the trailer for it, but uh, there was a bumblebee that just flew in front of my face as I was taking Ashley's dad's uh, mail to his house. And I was just like, hi, can you just move, please? Like, I just want to get, I just want to get past you. No, you just want to stand there? Okay, cool. Uh, so, like, I at least can, you know, connect with Rowan Atkinson's character on that level. Uh, but dear sweet Jesus Christ, uh, I don't, I, I don't need this ever again. <laughs> so we're going to be actually pushing our, our uh, review of... 365 days colon this day uh, to next week uh, to go along with our Stranger Things Season 4 Part 2 coverage. Uh, so that's it. I hope you enjoyed us talking about Man vs. B for 45 minutes, uh, which is half of the entire runtime of the series. Uh, let's be clear. The only reason we let Ka- I let Caleb go that long is because we were doing exactly this. Yes. If we weren't doing exactly this, there ain't no way. Ain't no way we were talking about this for 45 fucking minutes. Because I, I want to spend yeah. 45 fucking minutes talking about what I just witnessed with that show, with that fucking movie. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, that's. I just had to fill some time with some man versus bee content. So, uh, please understand. Mainly Gerald, just please understand. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Gerald, don't be mad at me, man. Just trying to just just trying to put that all in there. <laughs> all right well you can find the show at netflix and swill.com if you want to stop for all things netflix and swill uh also check us out on social medias at netflix and swill everywhere that's on facebook instagram uh and twitter not active on facebook or instagram uh but we are active and by we i mean me uh is active on uh twitter so that is the best place to find uh, random opinions that we have uh, as uh, life goes on and such. Yeah. Uh, thank you to Space Weather for the use of our theme song, Beater. Uh, and until next week, this is Caleb saying, we'll be you next Tuesday. And, and this is Dan saying, I'm editing him entirely out of the episode. <laughs> Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.